Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Welcome to Bible Center with Victor Jackson. It is so good to be back. I pray that you are doing well on this Thursday morning. Uh, pray that you have had an excellent week. Uh, today, we're going to be wrapping up Matthew chapter 6. I uh, pray that you have been blessed. As we talked about yesterday, uh, the standard of relationship uh, with the Father. Um, for those that have ordered the book, A Word to the Broken, an encouragement to those who have endured pain, uh, loss, and betrayal, um, that is still available on Amazon. Uh, I pray that is a blessing to you. And um, God's doing God's doing big things. God's doing big things. This podcast is doing big things. Uh, just got an alert that we were, uh, we are the number 29 podcast, the top 29 podcast in the Philippines and the top 51 podcast in uh, Trinidad, uh, which is incredible. Uh, we have been on the charts uh, as high as, you know, 51 and uh, on Apple podcasts. And so, which is incredible. I appreciate so much the support. Uh, hopefully, the Word of God is edifying you and being a blessing to you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. And wherever you're listening, whether it's on the way to work, whether it's on the way back from work, whether it's on your lunch break, whether you're mowing the lawn, uh, doing chores, um, about to minister, whatever it is, thank you for listening. Let's continue going verse by verse. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Masterful. Masterful. Matthew is persuading the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And now he is given his doctrine, his doctrine that comes straight from the throne of heaven didn't come from a rabbi. Uh, he he exegeted the text. He did not get it down the history from the rabbis that were before him. But instead, he got it from the throne. He illuminated the text and he taught with authority because he was the word. Again, in the same flow, he speaks of the kingdom priorities and how the influence of the Father should affect our relationships and our, the religious practices that we do in the kingdom. Purity is priority in this discourse. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, or they disfigure their faces that... They may appear in the men of fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So what he's putting back is the emphasis on purity that um, that if you're going to fast, do it for the right reasons. And that is to draw closer to God. Not to be pat on the back and say, man, this guy fasted for X number of days. He's putting the emphasis back on heavenly appro approval uh, over earthly approval. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So fasting should be in secret. No one should know how long you're fasting or... or uh, that's between you and God because you got a heavenly reward. But if you start bragging about how long you're fasting, um, then you get the approval of man. You get a pat on the back from man. I know it's uh, it's very difficult now in the age of social media and in the age of uh, being around people. It's very difficult to hide that you're fasting. Um, but, you know, like with me, pastoring, you know, um, if I'm not eating food, uh, on a Sunday after the Spanish service, you know, everyone's going to know I'm fasting. Are they going to ask me, are you fasting? And so, you know, I have to tell them, but I'm not, 
voluntarily telling them, I want to keep it between me and God, but there's some situations that you can't hide it. Uh, but the motivation is not to receive approval from them. The motivation is to receive uh, approval from the throne of heaven. And so I'm speaking to you today for those of you on your jobs and <coughs> for those of you on your jobs and um, in different settings where you have to tell somebody. But it's between you and the Lord in your heart where you know if you're telling them to get a pat on the back or or if you're just telling them out of obligation uh, because the approval of God is what you are uh, uh, chasing after. Um, verse 19, Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither marth, moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. He's saying, listen, you have to live for something beyond what is around you right now. You have to live for something beyond you. There has to be more than what's in our, with our tangible hands to spend my whole life, to spend our whole lives trying to make money or just trying to buy properties and trying to be successful. Um, th those things could get corrupted. Those things could be taken away from us very, very easily. But what we do for God will last for eternity. No, no thief, no moth, no rust can corrode away the treasures that I have laid up in heaven. That, that is such a blessing. Because I'm speaking to people listening right now that have invested a lot of years in, in certain places. And you were working for God and you were giving God the best that you could. But through circumstances, something happened. You had to leave and, you know, you had to move across the country or whatever. You know, you feel like you wasted your years. But you didn't waste your years. Because everything that you did was laying up treasures in heaven. And no matter how much you f feel like you lost materially, how many friendships you lost, how many uh, relationships that you lost in time, no one can take away what you did for God in eternity. And so that's the comfort that you and I have is that if if we're doing everything, whatsoever we do or word or deed, we're doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you're doing it for him, nobody can take that away from us. They can fire you, but they can't take away what you invested in heaven. They can throw you away. They can turn their back on you. They can pretend like you don't exist, but no one can take away the investment that you have made in heaven. So you have to make sure you're laying up for yourself treasures in heaven more than you're laying up treasures in earth the things that god is pleased with it may not be celebrated by man but it's celebrated by angels it's it may not be celebrated by by your, your peer group but it will be celebrated by god and that's the that's the hand clap that we're looking for we're looking for him to say well done thou good and faithful servant
And look what he says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So he's saying where you where you spend your most time, your most talent, where you're spending your money, it shows where your heart is. Wherever you are investing the most amount of your time and energy, time, energy, time, talent, treasure, wherever we are putting that, that's exactly where our heart is. And that's something to be cognizant of. So we have to make sure we're putting our time, talent, and treasure into the things of God more than we're doing into the things of man. We have to make sure that we are putting more things into God's hands than our own hands because it shows where our heart is. If you suffer loss or you suffered any type of uh, pain in time, it will reveal where your priorities are. And so it's important for us to understand that whenever there's a crisis that happens in our lives, it reveals our priorities. It reveals where our treasure is. Um, you know, whenever, whenever the storm hits, whenever the crisis hits, it, it reveals where we have placed our priorities. And so, for instance, when Hurricane Katrina happened in, in 2005, over $108 billion worth of damage, I was living in Louisiana at the time, the levee broke, New Orleans is under sea level, is literally like a bowl as the water spilled over. Uh People left New Orleans in, by the droves, some just the clothes on their back, some with no shoes on. We had thousands of students in our schools in Lafayette. Um, people were up on their houses. It was, a, it was a tragedy. But when a storm like that hits, you, you begin to value and devalue things. <coughs> Because these people may have worked really hard to get that house. But when the storm hits, you begin to devalue things and devalue things. All of a sudden, the house isn't the priority now. My life's more important. I worked real hard on the, to get that car. Now the storm is threatening the car, but it can have the car because as long as my kids are protected. See, crisis makes this makes you discover where your treasure really is. Uh, crisis helps you to discover where your values really are. Even when it comes to your personal life, if they say, hey, we're going to have to take that leg because you have diabetes. You valued your leg before the storm. But now when you see that your life is in 
Jeopardy. You rather you rather live without your leg and live than to have both legs and die. But it is the storm, it is the crisis that helps you to discover your values, your priorities, and where your treasure is. <coughs> when David fell, the you know when he fell with Bathsheba in Psalm fifty one. One of the first thing he says is he he see, looks at the crisis. He says, uh, he says, uh, cast me not away from your presence. See, whenever he went through his storm, he said, "Lord, you can take you can take your kingdom, but 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 don't take your presence away from me." You can take my ministry, but but don't ever leave me. You can take my 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 money. You can take my position, but I have placed my treasure in your presence, and that's one thing I cannot live without. See, the the storm will reveal where your treasure is. If you if you if a, if a storm hits your family, if you guys are in a hurricane and have to evacuate, and the first thing you go for is is your money instead of your family, then we see where your treasure is. The first thing you go for is your your uh, materials instead of family. Then that reveals where your priorities are. But you rather lay up treasures that are in heaven that nobody can take it through and still no hurricane can take it. I'm laying up treasure in heaven. Amen. I'm laying up treasure in heaven. And <coughs> th this is the source of contentment that even if they take everything away from you, they can't take away what you've done for God. So I want to spend all of my time living for God, walking for God, laying up treasures in heaven, because no matter what anyone does, they can't take that. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And if if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So by your eye being focused and, and clear, then, then, then the whole body's full of light. But if 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 the focus is on something different then the whole body is going to be full of darkness. He said, you can't serve two masters. And he's speaking as, as if uh, the word he uses for service, like comparing to a slave, a slave is supposed to have exclusive service to it, to their master. And so he's saying is like, when you're trying to serve God and money, you know, you're going to end up hating one and loving the other. You're going to end up, you know, hating one and loving the other, despising one and, and holding on to the other. You can't serve God in money. You got to serve God and everything else will fall into place. He knows you have needs. He knows He knows you. Ha there's things that you need to take care of, but he wants you 
to serve him first, exclusive service with the trust that he's going to take care of you. The master is going to take care of you. <coughs> Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feedeth them. <coughs> Are you not much better than they? So now he's showing the superiority of humans to other creatures because we are made in the image of God. And he's saying, if I'm taking care of these little things, don't you think I can take care of the big things? You say, you're worrying so much, you can't add one cubit to your stature, you can't extend your life. There's no need to worry. Don't worry about what you're wearing and if you got holes, if you got some old Nikes, some old Adidas. He said, because consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And he's saying these look more beautiful than Solomon and all of his glory and the temple and the prosperity and the peace and how, how beautiful all that look. And he was so rich. But he said, look at what I'm doing with these lilies. Like I'm watching these lilies and creating these lilies and making sure they're beautiful just to be stepped on, just for just for it to fade away, but look at how detailed I am with things that aren't important. Isn't that powerful? Solomon is a is a central figure. He's rich. <coughs> he is the the figure of of, of wisdom and, and prosperity. There was such a peace there. But he's saying, God's saying, listen, you saw Solomon's kingdom. Look at what I'm doing with lilies. No one even cares about these lilies. But look at how I'm I'm taking the that time to of beauty with something that you don't even value. He said, if I'm clothing the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow's cast into the oven, they would burn. They would they would burn the grass. It was a natural fuel for fire. And he says, listen, if I'm burning the grass. If, I, if, I, if I'm clothing the grass and knowing that it's going to be burned tomorrow, shouldn't I clothe you or you have a little faith? What he's saying here is look at the energy that I'm spending to create the grass, making sure each piece of grass is in place, making sure it looks good. Just And I know that it's going to be cast into the fire tomorrow. Powerful. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The, tomorrow will take care of itself don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Basically, this whole passage is about trust. It's about trusting 
that God knows what he's doing, that God's going to take care of you. I'm here to tell everyone listening that God's going to take care of you. <coughs> I'm not feeling well today, um, but um, I got to get this podcast out here because I got to tell somebody that God's going to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. You may have lost your job. You may have you may have been through so many things. But I'm telling you, God's going to take care of you. Don't worry about that. Seek him. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek him and God is going to open the door. God is going to do a work for you. God is going to, to heal and restore. All of this is just about trust. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't fear. God's going to take care of you. The school year is coming up. God's going to take care of you, kids. God's going to take care of those supplies. God's going to take care of those supplies. Uh. God's going to take care of you. If he's spending all this time on lilies, if he's spending all this time on the grass, if he's spending all this time on sparrows, how much time is he spending on my situation? If he's caring for grass and clothing the grass and knowing it's going to be gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you knowing that you have at least 70 years? It's all about trust. Now, a popular myth today is when people say, I can't trust anyone. That, well, that's not true. Look at the chair that you're sitting on right now. My question is, who made that chair? You don't know, but you trust them. You trust a stranger right now that this chair that you're sitting in can hold your weight. You can't survive in this world without trust. You can't survive in this world without trust. You say, well, I don't trust anyone. Well, let me ask you, who who made the ceiling that you're in right now? You don't know how many people worked on it. You don't know their names. You don't know their background. You don't know what their day was like when they made it. But you know what? You trust them that they did what they were supposed to do. Let me ask you this. Who did you drive next to on the way to work today? You don't know. It was a stranger. But you trusted that they would stay in the lines to not run into your line. You see that? You trusted a stranger today. You can't survive in this world without trust. How much more should we put that trust in the presence of Almighty God? How, how much more should we put our trust in the presence of Almighty God? If I'm trusting strangers, if I'm trusting pilots, if I'm trusting Uber drivers, if I'm trusting all of this, how much more should I trust God that he's going to take care of me? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. 
Some people mistake that scripture and think that it says that you have a wrong understanding. That's not what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding, meaning you could actually understand the, the situation you're in. You could be coming to the correct conclusion about your situation. You, you could be coming to the correct understanding about your situation. But here's what he said. He said, just don't lean into that. Trust in me over your correct understanding. Trust in me over what you understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, is that you can have the right understanding but still be wrong because you didn't put your trust in him. If you put your trust in God, his ways are higher than your ways. Your th- his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God can do a work if you will just trust in him. And Matthew is showing the currency of the kingdom. It operates by faith and it operates by a trust in God. God's going to work this out. This is why some people are scared to pray because they don't trust that their prayer is going to make a difference in their life. If imagine you going to your fridge, you know you've got grapes in there. Imagine you going into the, the fridge, you don't have to do a second thought. You open it up, you know there's grapes there. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. You open up things in prayer, and I'm telling you, there is treasures. There are treasures forevermore waiting for you, but you have to believe. Some of us are, are scared to open it up because we don't believe any treasures are going to be there. I'm talking about the treasures of God. There are unsearchable riches that are in Christ. And I'm telling you, when you start seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will start adding things to you that you didn't even know needed to be added to you. And now you're not anxious or worried anymore because you are seated in his presence. You are seating, seated in his spirit. You are, you are seated in heavenly places. And, and, and now, now your emotions are not predicated by your surroundings or your circumstances, but now your, your emotions are, are predicated on, on kingdom concepts. Now your emotions are centered in his presence. And no matter what you lose or what you gain, it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change the, the heart that you have for God. It doesn't change your consistency. You're still going to show up to pray. You're still going to show up to fast. You're still going to show up to worship. No, yes, I had a bad day, but I'm coming to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I am going to worship him forever. And though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even when I'm not feeling well, I'm going to worship him. I'm sick. My nose is running. I'm coughing on this podcast. I'm sneezing and all of these things. But I'm telling you, I have come to worship today. I've come to magnify God today. I've come to give him glory today because my output isn't predicated on my circumstances or how I feel in my body. I am thinking about the kingdom. My meat is to do the will of him that has sent me. I must work the works of him that has sent me while it is day for night cometh when no man can work. I've got to do the father's will. I've got to be about my father's business. What is controlling that barometer? It is the kingdom that dwells in me. 
and I'm not anxious. I'm in situations that I should be anxious, but I'm not because I'm going after his kingdom. He's going to take care of me. I've come to tell somebody listening right now that God is going to take care of you. I don't know why I feel so strong about this right now. God is going to take care of you. I don't know what financial situation you're in. I don't know what you've been dealing with with the kids. I don't know how your marriage is, is looking right now. You may have just got laid off from your job, but I've come to tell you as a man of God, God is going to take care of you and your family. And this is what Matthew is showing these Jewish people is that God's going to take care of them. He understood as he's writing that when they believe in Jesus and confess him, that they will lose their inheritance, that they will lose their place in society, and, and they'll be forced to be nomads, and, and they'll be forced to, to find different occupations, perhaps with Gentiles, because whenever you believed in Jesus, you were persecuted as a Jew. And so uh, even Paul referenced at one point, please, please send an offering to the poor saints in Jerusalem. They had lost so much. They had endured so much affliction. They had been so persecuted for, for believing in Jesus Christ and taking on his name in the waters of baptism. Matthew is showing them, listen, this is what my, my Messiah, my master taught that it, when you start going after him, he is going to take care of you. And I love what someone said. They said, you cannot starve who God is feeding. You cannot starve who God is feeding. I don't care what doors that their slam is shut in your face. They cannot starve who God is feeding. I don't care what threats they've made to you. You cannot starve who God is feeding. God's going to take care of you. Matthew has to show this to the Jews, this new doctrine with authority that is teaching. I'm, I'm excited to get in this next chapter. I'll do a review tomorrow. But in Matthew chapter 7, I, I, I am excited about getting into this because this is the last part of the discourse. And then we get to get into some of the actions of Jesus Christ and um, Matthew Matthew 8 through 16. <coughs> Thank you for joining. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us on this, uh, this journey in Matthew. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.